everybody. Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, I'm the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the side guys, Mr. Tad the side. And Tad, we're gonna have some fun with today's episode. So oh, we just yeah. had the schedule release a couple up uh, a couple weeks ago. I know we sort of did a quick hit segment, uh, not segment, but a whole episode. And we did a segment, that was a long ass quick hit segment, dude. <laughs> that was that was exhausting. We did a segment within the episode. That's what I was trying to go for there, there we about go. the NFL schedule release videos. Some of them we like, some of them we didn't like. Uh, but yeah, this is purely we're going to be looking at some of the odds, courtesy of our good friends at Bet Online, um, and just seeing like you know what do we think about the odds that you know Bet Online has laid out for some teams. Like, do we like them as far as like picking the over, or are we not as favor of them? We're going to go with the under. I mean, it's just like we got a handful of teams here that we're going to go over here, but. Tad betting, this is sort of in your wheelhouse again. So, I mean, it's like, Love it. Miss how's it. the excitement level for this episode? Uh, dude, I, my excitement level for this episode is obviously through the roof, as it is for every episode. But it's so funny. No, that you it, should... It's pretty prevalent that you're more excited for other episodes. It's than great. Others. It's great. I love <laughs> betting so much. Dude, I have made so much easy money, and I, I have to just give a shout out to one of my favorite teams in sports. The Miami Heat have been underdogs this entire Eastern Conference Finals. I've been racking in the dollars. It has been fantastic. So, no, trust me, even when football season is off, I am still betting. So, now that football betting is back, the odds are back. I'm seeing those pluses. I'm seeing those minuses. Oh, I got that tingle. I got that tingle. We're back, baby. Let's do it. So, Tad, I mean, really quick is before this, we is get – Is this a problem? I mean, it could be a problem, but I mean, really quick. It's not a problem until a problem. That's why I always say. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, So before we get into some of the teams that we sort of did a little bit more research on, um, I figured we could ask each other about our favorite team. Probably doesn't require a ton of research here, but uh, once again, these odds are courtesy of our good friends at Bet Online. So let's start with your Indianapolis Colts. They have an over-under of six and a half wins. So I mean – how do you feel about that right now? Over at six, over six and a half wins is at minus one thirty-five. Under six and a half wins, this is a little bit surprising. Plus one hundred five, so you can actually make some money on them actually doing worse. So I mean, just like, how do you feel about the Colts heading into this season? It's like, what do you think about that six and a half number there? Yeah, you know, it's it's that under I like a lot, which I know a lot of people are like, well, some fan you are. Like, you're, you're taking the under on that. But, I mean. Realistic fan, well, that's what it is. <laughs> well, exactly. It's been well documented that Colts, I, I, I'm not a big believer uh, when it comes to Anthony Richardson. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I will be, especially in his rookie year. Because what's the one big hang-up with Anthony Richardson, even, even if he does work out, is that he's probably going to struggle right out the gates. And I actually do believe, I am a believer that he will win the starting role from Gardner Minshew before week one. So I think we're going to I feel get... like it's not even winning the role. I think they're going to give it to him. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, just exactly. like, it's his job to lose, essentially. Be- because here's what a lot of people who are not Indianapolis Colts fans don't understand, is that Chris Ballard, our GM, should have been fired last year. This is a bad GM who was hooked to two coaches now who have been fired. I am I was utterly shocked that he did not lose his job. And he will do everything he can, as he should, not saying this is the wrong move, but he will do everything he can to save that. And that means getting Anthony Richardson on the field as soon as possible. So I think we are going to have some very, very, you know, big rookie struggles going forward. We do not have an early, uh, easy schedule. I think I said on last week's episode where when I looked at the Colts schedule release, I had them at about five wins. 
So I think six and a half, that's tough because if we pull off the upset or two, throws off the entire thing, right? But I am very confident that the Colts are really going to struggle. We've been battling the injury bug for years now. And unfortunately, I just think our defense has lost so many pieces at this point. I, I can't see us topping five wins. Five wins. Wow. Okay. You're setting it there. You're setting it there. Five so, and 12. Five okay. and 12. Unfortunately. All right. Um, so obviously we got the Niners there. The odds are at 11 wins exactly. So, I mean, it's not one of those half odds. So it's very interesting as far as how they decide to do this bet here. So it's under 11 wins is minus 125. Over right. 11 wins is minus 105. So that's where the Oh, they hit you with the minus minus? That sucks. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking at this roster and – Obviously, the biggest question mark is the quarterback position. But, Tad, you know what's crazy to me is that even with all the issues at the quarterback position, Niners still have the fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, what does that say about this team? It's just, like, so fundamentally built on both sides of the ball that's like, okay, even with the issues of whether it's going to be Sam Darnold, whether it's going to be Trey Lance, whether it's going to be Brock Purdy, whether it's going to be somebody else, we don't even know what's going to happen this coming season because clearly we saw everybody play the quarterback position for the Niners at one point last season. So I don't know what's going to happen this year, but it's just like you look at that and the fact that they have still those strong of odds, it just speaks to how complete their roster is. Um, I really like what they have there. I've been mean, looking at their schedule. They have their bye week right at week nine, which is perfect because you got the first half of the schedule you take a little bit of a break you reflect on what you did and you still have a good amount of the schedule left to go and so it's like you're not early in the season you're not early in the season you're not too late in the season so it's like it's perfect right there in the middle i like to have it there you know they're going to hit the gate out of the like hit the hit the ground running right out of the gate because they're going to play pittsburgh the los angeles rams the new york giants arizona cardinals in their first four weeks very winnable games there then they get a tough one with dallas that should be pretty tough there cleveland i don't know that could go either way it's like it's really going to see what we're going to see with deshaun watson and cleveland there uh minnesota's going to be tough cincinnati's going to be tough then we got the bye week jacksonville could be tricky right out of the bye week but that's coming right out of the bye week Tampa Bay, I think that's pretty good. Seattle, I don't know what sort of Seattle team we're going to see. That's going to be pretty tricky. We got the Philadelphia Eagles all the way there in week 13. By the way, I have tickets to that game. It is going to be a fun time. That is going to be a good one. That is going to be a great time. We got Seattle again, Arizona, Baltimore, Washington, Los Angeles. So I like the over. I'm predicting they went 13 and four last season. I'm predicting about 12 or 13 wins again. Like, I think they had that strong of a roster. I'm leaning maybe a little bit more towards 12 because it's just like that early season, the quarterback issues. But they have very winnable opponents during those few weeks. So I think they can sort of work out those kinks, whether they're going to bring in Purdy eventually, even though he can't start the season right away. It's like, I think they'll be able to figure all that out. Has that been confirmed? So he's not starting the season? I keep hearing different reports. I hear some reports that's like, oh, yeah, no, he's good. He's going to be fine by trading camp. He'll be all set to go. Then some are like, nah, this might creep into he's, the preseason. He's, 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 like the the he's like the knight in Monty Python where it's just like, your arm is missing. Yeah, it's a flesh wound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I really don't know what his status is. I'd like to think he should be good to go by around the preseason, so he may miss a week or two there. So we may see your Sam Darnold. You may see your Trey Lance, I think, for those first handful of weeks. But like I said, I think the way the schedule plays out, they should be okay to sort of figure that all out during that first month of the season. Then when they hit those heavy hitters in the middle of the season, that's where it's really going to be like, okay, we really need to make sure the quarterback position is set. But like I said, I like them to get 12 or 13 wins. I think they have a pretty strong roster, returning a lot of their players from last year. Um, their opponents are pretty good. You got a good mix of easy opponents and tough opponents. But 
yeah, I actually like them to repeat as division winners as well. I mean, I think that's the easiest bet is rather than go record bet on division winner. And we will probably have those uh, odds for you later on when they become available. But that's the whole thing is I think they are really benefiting from an easier division. Sorry, Rams fans. Um, And so I think that's the biggest, you know, benefactor of their success going forward, because man, as a better I look at a team with any time. I don't care how good you are. If you, I did the same thing with the Eagles last year, which of course now looks foolish, but at the time, a lot of people were agreeing with me where it was like, you know, with the Eagles where it was like, how good is Jalen hurts? Really? If, yeah. And I don't care how good that roster is. If you are not sure about that quarterback, you stay away from putting your money on that team. So I don't know if it's Brock Purdy. I, dude, you guys could be starting Sam Darnold. You think I'm putting my money on Sam Darnold? <laughs> it's a possibility. It's a possibility. But like I said, I'll sort of repeat this. It's not stat. a possibility That's like, I'm putting my money on him. <laughs> but like I said, I'll repeat this again just in case people are catching us midway here. It's just that the Niners still have the fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl with all those questions at the quarterback positions. Those are say a little bit of something right there as far as how the betters sort of see the Niners as far as what they're going to do next season. Well, and I will say this, I know we're like now diving into a Niners section, but it's it's not so much, uh, uh, you know, oh, how good is this roster, as you asked me, but it's more of how good is Kyle Shanahan? Like <laughs> this dude, you can plug any quarterback in his system and Vegas clearly believes like he could do it. He could do it. <laughs> he clearly, clearly can. He clearly can. So yeah, we'll and see what happens. And running back, I yeah. mean, just, oof, just give him some athletes. That man can make some magic. It's true. It's very, very true. Can we have him? Can the Colts have him just for a bit? Just for just for one season. Just for one season. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, All right. So let's move into some other teams here. We talked about the Colts. Obviously, we talked about the Niners here. We kind of had to, of course, with this podcast. Yeah, we had. Um, But let's get into some other teams, Tad. So what's a team that you want to discuss here as far as their win-loss record predictions, courtesy of our good friends at Benelux? I mean, talking about trustworthy coaches, you got – uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, who, <laughs> that, I mean, come on. How do you go 20 straight years without losing record? That's just ridiculous. That might be... I, that, 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 don't use the okay. cheat code. Use the cheat code. No, go ahead. Use the cheat code. I was going to say that I think, you know, some of those wins lately, like, I mean, some of the seasons that he's had lately, he's like squeaked by at like nine and eight and things like that. So it's like, yes, it's a winning record. But if you look at the overall course of the whole season, it's like, was it all that great of a season? I don't know. So I mean, it wasn't. Like I said, but, but think about the train wrecks he's, you know, kind of diverted from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio Brown is yeah. a psychopath, and he managed to keep that two under wraps. How he did that, I will never know. And I cannot wait for that thirty for thirty. By the way, but I, I so we got Mike Tomlin. He is the pinnacle of you know just consistency. We yes. have Kyle Shanahan, yet another guy that you can always count on. This guy, I know it's been a little up and down, but I also think he's been so good that his downs, people tend to overly react to. And that is John Harbaugh. There's a reason he's still employed with the same team as well. Like, how long has he been a play? He's been there for like 13 years now, right? At least, at least. And like, I I think that this is the year that Baltimore finally, again, I say finally as if they've been sucking the last five years, but they've just been... And they're running. And Baltimore's not used to being in the running. They're used to being above that. And so I think this is finally the year that Baltimore gets back to being what we're used to Baltimore Ravens being, which is 
division contenders that are like, oh, I don't want to face this team in the playoffs. And, I mean, we got to touch on the biggest storyline of their offseason, locking down Lamar Jackson. Now, look, you've been highly critical of Lamar Jackson. I haven't been as critical, but I'm also not as high on him as other people are. I still think he is not the best passer in the world. I'm so worried about his consistency, but I will say he is a top 10 quarterback easily in my book. Don't know if he's top five, but I think he's closer in my book to top five than in yours. So I think that now they have Lamar Jackson back. And this was funny. So I was looking at all the receiver moves they made this offseason because good Lord, did they make a lot of receiver moves. They actually addressed the position really well this time. Well, like, so I mean, that's why, that's tried why I past, like everything they did. Is they've because, tried in the past. I think I like what they did this year finally. They think they finally got some good pieces. Exactly. Right and, and that's why I like what they did so much this offseason because for, for I feel like this is what people have been saying for the past five seasons is these are weaknesses on your roster. Why aren't you attacking it? It's like, ah, no, we'll get stronger in a corner. But that's not weakness. Like, go go after a linebacker. Go after an edge rusher. Like, what are you doing? And this felt like the first offseason in a very long time. They were like, okay, no, these are the areas we need to improve. So not only did they sign Odell Beckham Jr., who I still believe can have a good year. I don't think he's obviously quite the same with his age and his injury history of like, oh, yeah, no, it's OBJ. He'll have 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. I'm not expecting that production from him, but I think he will still be a legitimate threat on the field. They still have Rashad Bateman, who, yes, is jumping back from an injury, but he's young. It's you know not that you ever want to be injured, but if you're going to be injured, now's the time. And then, of course, they drafted Zay Flowers, one of our favorite receivers out of this year's draft, and I think he provides a great – Deep stretch. And now here's the part that I was talking about earlier, Mer. I completely forgot this signing happened. They also have Nelson Aguilar. Yep. Nelson Aguilar. Totally forgot that happened. Totally forgot that happened. And let's not forget they have a you know small little player. I think you may have heard of him called Mark Andrews. <laughs> Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, Isaiah Likely is pretty good he too. Was my next note. Uh, yeah, Charlie no. Charlie Kohler is a really good backup tight end yeah. there. We you forgot about Devin Duvernay. Um, so I mean they got some good. I pieces actually there. Devin Duvernay was about three notes down from now, but <laughs> it, it's go. just there and that's go. the thing is like they are so loaded offense right now. And by the way, two players we haven't mentioned: J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Oh, well, of course, the running back positions, of course. Of but course. we're looking at and, more of the receivers. And, yeah. And let's not forget, I'm not going to call this like a yo know, top three offensive line, but this is a very good offensive line they're playing behind. Yeah. So my mm-hmm. entire point is the Ravens went into this offseason and go, we need to fix this offense. Good God, have they done it. And this defense, while not complete, is still a very, very good defense. So I think that their win total, which again, according to our friends, a bad line is put at 10 and a half with odds for the over, over 10 and a half at plus 100. And this is something that got me in a lot of trouble during the season. I always look out for our listeners. I will always find you that good underdog. And I will keep doing it until the day I die. Plus 100 with the Ravens with 11 wins. Let's let's ignore all these half numbers. They need to win 11 games for you to win this bet. Let's look at their uh, schedule, okay? The only way I see them losing more than seven games is that they really drop a couple. And before you go, well, what about Lamar Jackson's health? They made the playoffs with Anthony Brown playing quarterback for them. They made the playoffs with Tyler Huntley, and they almost won that playoff game, by the way, with Tyler Huntley. 
playing quarterback. So this is an offense that before they had all this talent that we previously talked about, now they have Lamar Jackson who can hopefully stay healthy. I will say that is the one big X factor in this entire thing is can Lamar Jackson stay healthy? But as I pointed out, even if he doesn't, they still stay in shot. So I think here are my, you know, a uh, couple losses for the Ravens. Uh, unfortunately, they opened the season against the Eagles. That that That's a rough draw. I think that's a loss. Uh, I think they lose the Bengals once. I think they lose the Steelers once. Well, hang on, I, hang on, hang on. I want to clarify something. They don't open with the Eagles because that's their preseason game. They open with the Houston Texans. Okay, there we go. Well, I, either way, I think they split the series against the Bengals, against the Steelers. They play your 49ers. I should be good I, on. I, 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 I'm calling upset there. I don't know what it is. I feel like just Nick Bosa is going to just pancake Lamar Jackson and just like flat. It. It's going to be like a Looney Tunes cartoon where he just like, like literally puts him in the ground. and He's like flat, like a pancake. Well, I will say though, I will say though, the Niners do struggle with mobile quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson is the epitome of a mobile quarterback. If he's so, healthy I mean, though, because that's a later game. That is though. true. It is a later game, but I think that's going to add a lot more stock into that game too, because both teams will be playing for playoff seating potentially, division crowns, what have you. So I think that's going to be a very important game. You're going to get the boast out of both squads for sure there. But just yeah, I just want to throw that tidbit. That's just like Niners are not always the best at stopping the mobile quarterbacks. No, they do right. have an advantage. And now I know that I know that I said they would split it between the Steelers, but get this. Their last couple games of the season, let me replace my Eagles preseason loss, even though that's still probably going to be a preseason loss, with this. They have a rough stretch in the last four games. They played the Miami Dolphins, where if Tua is healthy, speaking of another team that could really be good if their quarterback remains healthy, if Tua remains healthy, I think they lose that game, to be perfectly honest, because like you said, the 49ers struggle on defense. The Miami Dolphins are really good on defense. And do you want to know who their last game of the season is uh, of the season is against this year? They close with Pittsburgh. They close with Pittsburgh. That's that reeks of a Pittsburgh. We will close you out of the playoff hunt here. So I, you know what? Maybe they you know get swept by Pittsburgh because of a, you know a little certain great quarterback by the name of Kenny Pickett. <clears throat> if he can stay healthy too, hey, he'll be fine. But. <laughs> Either way, I really think that the the I, I find it hard to believe the Ravens will struggle to win more than eleven games this season. I think that as long as again the big X factor here is can Lamar Jackson stay healthy? If he can, easy eleven wins here. So what's your final record prediction? Are you saying they're going to go eleven and six? Do you think they're going to go twelve and five? Do you think it's going to be thirteen, 13 and four? And four? Like I mean, what do you think? Thirteen, 13 and four. four. 13-4. Assuming, again, with a huge asterisk that Lamar Jackson stays healthy, but if he can stay healthy for most, if not all of the season, I'm going 13-4. This team is good, dude. You have good coaching, a good quarterback, a good defense, and a great, now, I will say, a great offense now. You got all the makings for a good playoff run here. And I think they've always had that, but just unfortunately, this they never were able to put it all together. So I think well, that's the thing I that worries me. So staying I, healthy, staying healthy. No, that's true. That's true. But I think just sometimes execution has always been a factor for them as well. So mm-hmm. I still like them to get over that over of, I think you said 10 and a half, right? 10 and a half. Yep. Yeah. So I still like that over as well. So I do like them to get at least 11 wins, but 
13 and four. That's where I'm like, I don't know. And everything sort of has to go right for them to get 13 and four. So, but yeah, I do like the 11 wins. I do like that over there. So yeah, plus 100. Thanks to our friends at bet online. Not a bad bet to make if you want to make that bet out there. So I'm going to go with one of my overs. I'm going to stick to the AFC as well. I'm going to go with LAFB Networks. Oh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. They're currently slated at nine and a half wins. Over is minus 120. Um, that is what I'm going to be picking here. Last year, they went 10 and seven. So I think they can at least replicate that record, if not get a little more. Because, I mean, get this, Tad. The NFL believes in the Chargers because they have they six primetime games this season they are tied with the most they are tied with the cowboys which i think every year they're always going to get the most primetime games it's just a given uh the bills how many, how many primetime games did cooper rush get in the past like two years <laughs> i swear to god i talked to one of my friends who's a, a cowboys fan i was like the cowboys could go oh and 16 not in this me case, not me by 17. the way i am not that friend well you're not a cowboys fan so i know but i need to clarify that since i'm living in dallas there you go. There you go. But I was like, the Cowboys could go 0-16, or now in this case 0-17, and they will still oh, get 100%. at least four primetime games the following season. Because it's just like, yeah, it is what it is. It's a big We're market. It's a big team, yeah, exactly. Shut All up, that stuff. So up. tied with the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Chiefs also have the most games. I was actually kind of surprised that the NFC winning Super Bowl, uh, the NFC winning Eagles did not have six primetime games. They're only having, I think they have five this year, tied with my Niners. Unfortunately, Tad. Your Colts do not have a single. I'm fine. No, that's not unfortunate. No, <laughs> I that's know, but still, at least it would have been nice you to think get I want to waste one of my a, few primetime games. No, that's not. No, that's not. No, but no. no. They are no. cut out. No, I don't want to watch done. that shit. No. <laughs> it's not happening. No. I want to end yeah. my nights on a good note. Like, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm fortunate. No, it's the Fair. opposite. Anyway. I'm just saying. Just saying. But let's just jump back can't, to the Chargers. Can't, here. can't help but your 49ers that pop up on that list, by the way. Five games. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> um, but let's jump back to the Chargers, the original topic at hand here. So they were able to work out a contract revision with Austin Eckler. So he is going to be coming back in fold for 2023. I mean, he always was, but there's a lot of bit of speculation with him wanting a trade, whether he was actually going to be traded. But he was they worked it out. Bad. He's going to play this season for them under contract, and he will be a free agent in 2024. That's sort of looking that way sort of thing. So it's a deflated extension, so we'll see how that all plays out. So, I mean, he's going to be looking good for the Chargers. Um, the coaching staff. Moved on from Joe Lombardi. In comes Kellen Moore, who I think, Tad, is an upgrade on the offensive I side agree. of the ball for them. I because honestly, that. you look at the uh, you look at the Cowboys, three of the four seasons that Kellen Moore was offensive quarter for them, they produced a top 10 offense in scoring, also including back-to-back seasons in last year and the year before being top five, including 2021 where they were first in scoring. So, I mean, this guy knows how to get the ball into the end zone multiple times in a given game. So you add that with Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, obviously Austin Eckler, uh, the new guy. Let's get to the rookies here. Quentin Johnston drafted in the first round. He's going to add some punch to this offense. They obviously got it on the defensive side with the USC standout, Tuli Tuli Pelotu, who's been added to the team, and Dayon Henley added the middle linebacker position. So they got a lot of good pieces on their team. So honestly, looking at that nine and a half, I think that's going to be beaten pretty substantially. I don't, okay, not substantially. That's a little bit too strong of a word. I'm about but to I say substantially. <laughs> no, not you're just, just calling my Ravens prediction bold. Yes. My Lord. No, no, no. No, my mistake. My mistake. Not substantially. That was a little bit too strong of a word. I think they got a pretty good cushion, I'd say, from that nine and a half. I'm predicting at least 11 or 12 wins from the squad. and Everything sort of plays out the way they, they can. 
Unfortunately, Ted, we were talking about this before we recorded. They play in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure they could win the division, but they will make it close. I very much see the Chargers and the Chiefs sort of being that two-horse race the entire season long to see who could win the division. It's really going to come down to those season series, obviously, between both the Chargers and the Chiefs. Each time that they play, those games are going to be very high-watch type of games to see who could sort of win that season series. That's going to separate probably who can win that division. So who knows? Maybe the Chiefs will sort of have a setback and they'll have, you know, a couple games that they'll drop here. The Chargers can sort of leapfrog them. So, I mean, it's very much in the cards that they can win the division. But, unfortunately, just Kansas City just has some sort of magic where they can just get it done anytime <laughs> that they want to. So, we'll see what happens. But I do like the Chargers to be the main contenders with the Chiefs this year. Like, I mean, we talked about the Raiders, honestly. It's just they somehow find a way to bungle things. Raider themselves out of the sort of wins and a division crowd the broncos i mean we were so high up last year i think this year a lot of people are very skeptical we'll see what happens with russell wilson and sean payne there but i very much like the chargers to contend with the chiefs there i mean do, can you argue anything against that uh yeah that magic the chiefs have is called patrick mahomes first off <laughs> that's fair that's like, fair. that's the, that's a magic there i'm not even i shouldn't even put that critic that dude's insane but um no i think it it's funny that you and i both picked the uh you know the chargers and the ravens for our you know, are over because they both have the same x factor how healthy can they be sure. that's been the chargers biggest problem over the last couple of years and that's why i was yeah, you know, this sounds kind of wrong without context, but that's why I was so excited when the Chargers drafted Quinton Johnson out of TCU was that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen cannot stay healthy. So can they, you know, or can they stay healthy enough to let Quinton Johnson learn beneath them? Or is QJ finally going to get his chance to prove himself in the NFL? Finally, as if he's been there forever. But is he is, is he going to? Well, I in, yeah, finally let me talk about the rookie. Dude, let me talk about this though. <laughs> this is why this is why I'm saying finally because tell me this is not always what happens with the Chargers. Is Mike Williams and Keenan Allen kill it for the first like five or six weeks, and then after that, one of them goes down. One of them comes back. Oh, the other one just went down. Like I feel like that's what's happened over the past like two that's or three true. years. It's very true. So that's my problem is it's just can their consistency consistency match that? And it's just I I worry about their injury history, but much like the Ravens, if they can stay healthy, 100%. I actually think the Chargers can make a run for the division title. I think that the Chiefs are yeah. now the weakest they've been in years. Who is the Chiefs' number one receiver? right now so that's a tough thing they don't need a number one receiver yes they do <laughs> yes they do they absolutely do that's my whole thing is because travis kelsey look he's going to drop off eventually we saw with rob gronkowski and i know people would laugh at me five years ago if i said that with gronk of like gronk his production is gonna stop pretty soon and eventually it did stop it was still pretty good but it wasn't nearly like the difference maker it was Kelsey, you cannot keep depending on Kelsey to be your go-to guy. You need a guy on the outside from Mahomes to throw to. And I know I've talked about Rasheed Rice a lot, but you can't put that much pressure on a rookie. So I, I think that with the Chiefs, by the way, they still don't have a dependable running back, by the way. And it's just, it's there's a lot to question about the Chiefs' offensive uh, you know, side of the ball. There's a lot to question about their defensive side of the ball. They're a lot like what I said with the Ravens, where they had like little spotty good spots spotty good spots that was terrible wow. a lot of spotty good you need to stop ross right now. <laughs> hold on let <laughs> me clarify a, a lot of spotty good roster positions but 
I don't think they can come together cohesively as a unit on both sides of the ball to really continue to be like the unquestioned contender. I'm not saying the Chiefs are about to drop off. I'm just not sure they're going to be the contender that we all think they are. This is not unquestioned dynasty that we're heading into. I, I really, I, that, was <laughs> that was redemption right there. That was redemption. I worded that incredibly oh, well. Gosh. Oh, spotty. Yeah. What, what did I even say? Spotty, spotty good spot spots. spots. That is Tad's oh, new nickname on this no, podcast going not. forward. Please, it is. Yeah, it is. I am not going to forget that one. But, but my, my bottom line is I think the Chargers could be contenders. I'm just worried about their health, and I'm worried about the division they're in. No, 100% it's accurate there. I mean, just little, really quickly going through the schedule. So I think the week five bye, we talked about this, the early bye, I think that, that could be a little hurts. bit troublesome. I It so, was funny. I think it was last year the Colts had like a week four bye, and I was like, God damn it. Like that, yeah. that shit hurts you in the long run. Having the early season bye is going to be tough because then you just have a huge slog to get through there. So they opened with – they honestly could start 4-0, Tad, because they played the Dolphins, the Titans, the Vikings, and the Raiders. So I'm not saying for sure they'll go 4-0, they the but Dolphins? they're very – they can. It's right out the gate. You don't know well, how they, they, these teams like it. Yeah. I think that I like their chances. I'm not saying they're going to guarantee wins, but they very could be four. No, I like their chances to sort of do that there. Uh, they do have a rough stretch where they're going to play the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Ravens. So that's going to be some trouble there. But they even it out because then they play the NFC North. With the exception of the Vikings, everybody else is sort of like a question mark. It's a huge question mark. Right? It's like the Detroit Lions. It's like, are you buying the hype? Are you riding that hype train? You know, who knows how that's going to all play out the green bay packers they got jordan love it all depends on how well he plays that's how the packers are going to go and then you got the chicago bears it's like did they improve enough on the offensive side of the ball to make them more competitive i think on defense they have some question marks too so it's like you look at the rest of those teams so it's like the sort of balances out how they could get some wins there you already talked about the division i think they could get some wins from the raiders obviously they could get some wins from potentially a season split with the chiefs there and the broncos like i said i think they possibly could get a season sweep with the broncos as well um they do play both those teams towards the end of the season so we'll see how the broncos sort of go as the season progresses and how well sean payton implements his offensive style and how much he can get out of russell wilson but yeah i do like the Chargers to be very competitive like i said i'm very much in that sort of 12 to 13 range for them to get wins okay a couple things real quick i i didn't mean to bring this up uh first off in terms of the broncos in terms of betting in terms of fantasy in terms of everything else i am staying the fuck away from denver because that is the biggest i i i don't know if you agree with me or not that is the biggest question mark going into the nfl it's one of the bigger ones because i mean i think everybody was all aboard the hype trade for denver last year and then this year it's like is it the same? Who knows? It's, it's, it's like, it's, what do we was do? That, we was that Russell Wilson's fault? Is Sean Payton actually that good of a coach? I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm staying away from Denver in terms of betting, in terms of fantasy. I, I'm staying away from them. But anyway, um, one of the things I wanted to bring up was the fact that you brought up Kel Moore earlier. And that was – it's so funny because I'm I'm hearing so many bitter Dallas fans down here being like, well, of course Kel Moore looked like a good offensive coordinator. He had C.D. Lamb. He had Amari Cooper. He had Ezekiel Elliott. Blah, blah, blah. Like they're just like talking like he's not that good. How many of you people down here – down here being Dallas – uh, I've heard of Tony. Oh, why do I do this to myself? Tony Pollard. Did I do oh, that yeah, right? got it right. Finally. There we go. <laughs> See now I'm and look, now I finally learned how to uh, pronounce this man's name correctly. How many Dallas fans do you think actually have heard of him before Kellen Moore learned how to utilize him? 
Sure. I think sure. his ability to utilize the multi running back system is up. I think honestly, honest to God, I really do think that's why Austin Eckler was like, I need to get out of here. Cause they're, he's about to prove that like they can do this without me. I really think that I'm not saying it's the sole factor, but I think that was a factor in him being like, either pay me now or I'm out of here because Kellen Moore, his ability to like recognize talent and be able to be like, okay, this is what you do best. Go there again. Yet another reason why I was so excited for Quinn Johnson to go there is Kellen Moore's ability to do so. So I think Kellen Moore, as you said, is absolute upgrade over, over Lombardi. Nothing that's Lombardi. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's great, but I don't think he's terrible. But I think Kellen Moore can really unlock something special in this offense because was the one thing every good offensive coordinator needs. It's a great quarterback, and Justin Herbert is a great quarterback. So I think that San Diego – Okay. Okay. I think the great, great city of Los Angeles with the Chargers can yeah. accomplish – Winning the division. That was, (laughs) I can't believe I've done that. That was the first time in years I've done that. But anyway, I really do think the Chargers can be a special team this year. For sure. For sure. So I got a final prediction of them going 12 and 5 this year, heading into 2023. So I hear that 12 and 5. I like that. So let's get to our second team here. Spotty Spot Spots. What else you got for me? I've earned that. (laughs) Spotty Spot Spots. I really just I don't know what was going yeah, on. Here. No, we no, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. It's ten o'clock at night. I dealt with the same class for six hours. It's it's that's it's like the orange brain cells with cats. It's like you just I have one left remaining and yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna go. I went over last time. I'm gonna go under this time, and uh, I'm gonna take the under with the Green Bay Packers. And so Bet Online had them at over or under seven and a half wins. And so the under was seven and a half at plus 100, just like the Ravens with the over. And I'm taking the under here. I really, I'm not a big believer in the Packers here. Jordan Love's career stats is three touchdowns, three interceptions. Just what I've seen from him. And yes, I'm aware it's a very small sample size. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I'm really not. And it's just, he strikes me as a career backup. And notice I'm not saying he's a total career bust. How dare they? Blah, blah, blah. It's a late first round pick. You busted on him. He, he's not Paxton Lynch, right? Where Paxton Lynch was like, oh my God, this dude is like absolute trash. Jordan Love, the promise is there. Just not as a franchise starter. And maybe he's improved since then. And I hope I'm wrong. I'm not cheering against Jordan Love here. But I'm just, from what I've seen from him on the starting field, I'm not a believer that he can really lead the Packers to success, especially because this Packers offense is so inexperienced. They have Jaden, see, I almost said Jaden Reed, because I almost said Green in my notes. Jaden Reed, the rookie Mm -hmm. at Michigan State. They have, um, uh, help me out, Christian Watson, the uh, rookie, not rookie, the second-year guy at North Dakota State. Romeo Dobbs, the second-year guy at Nevada. Notice how none of these guys have over three years of experience. Amir, total, do you want to know how much experience their top two tight ends have in the NFL? Their top two? Top two. Well, I'd probably say less than three if you're counting Josiah DeGuarra. If you're counting just the rookies, then zero. Zero is the answer I was going (laughs) for. Because Robert Tunyon, and I know this is news to a lot of people, Robert Tunyon, no longer a Packer. He is in Chicago. 
is no longer Packers. So like Tucker Craft is probably going to be their starting tight end going into next year. So you're basically going in to Whoa, a season. Okay, that, there's a little bit of a hot take. You think Tucker Craft over Luke Musgrave? I think so. Wow. I think that goes into our rankings though as well. I think that was a little bit of a thing, yeah. Interesting. But right. but I either way, you're going in to a season with your entire offense, other than your offensive line, being rookies, essentially. And just like that never leads to success. And you look at the NFC North, the Lions are getting better. The Vikings basically say the same. The Bears, pretty good. I would argue the Bears have gotten better this offseason. I would say so. I would say yeah, so. Exactly. So I think that, you know, the with the division as competitive as it is, and get this, what were we just talking about? Who's the division they had to play other than their own? The AFC West. I think this is going to be a long year for the Packers. Honestly, there are a couple teams I have saved for like, you know, upset and, you know, this will be a good quick hit segment. There are a couple teams I have saved for upset picks to be the number one team picking next year. Packers are one of them. Wow. I think the Packers could be really, really bad next year. That might be a little bit of a hot take, but you know what? I think top 10, I think, is more than reasonable. I think it's just like, yeah, I think they're a lot. No, no, no. All right, I'll one up it. They're locked for the top 10. They are a lot to pick in the top 10 next year. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. That, Like I said, that's still reasonable. If you're a, like locked for the number one overall pick, that it's a little bit why, more of a hot take. Why, that is why, a hot why, take. I'll give you. Why are you, why are you going to go Mr. Freeze on my hot take there? <laughs> Sorry. Fine. Top three. Top three. Top three. You can go with <laughs> Um. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this when I was talking about the Chargers there. Where it's just like the Green Bay Packers just – it's pretty much they're going to go as Jordan Love's go. And what I see from Jordan Love is exactly like you said. It's like I see some flashes there where it's like you see the potential. You see why he was drafted in the first round. And specifically the Packers traded up in the first round to get him. Like I don't know if you remember that, Ted. They actually oh, no, did that. Me, I remember that. <laughs> so I think just what I'm going to see for Jordan Love is just he's going to be good enough. He's not going to be that sort of game changer that Aaron Rodgers was. He's not going to be that sort of like, you know, franchise altering type of quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is. It's like he's going to be good enough. And it's like he sort of fall into that limbo of like, well, he's doing all right. Do we give him an extension now or do we look for something else? And it's, it's like Kyler Murray syndrome. Exactly. Exactly. Very similar to Kyler Murray. So it's like I think if he's I think the biggest thing that sort of is a big factor for the Green Bay Packers is if they end up in that top 10. And like you said, if they're a lock for a top three spot, that's where then they sort of make that decision of like, okay, do we go with the Caleb Williams? Do we go with the Drake May? Do we go with somebody else here? That sort of conversation starts to creep in depending on how Jordan Love's season goes. So it's a lot of pressure on him. And just like you said, I think just that inexperience around him besides that offensive line, that can either be, I think it's very black and white. It can either work very horribly where it's just everybody's so inexperienced. Or I could also see the flip side where it works for him, where it's like they're all young, they're all learning together, they're all willing to invest time to learn the system they, and they become buy, better. I was about to say they buy into the system so exactly. much. Exactly. Exactly. There, there are no egos there yet. Exactly, right? Because they're all developing, developing their NFL careers all at the same time. So I could see that happening. I'm leaning more towards it's not gonna work, but no, I could no, say I'm I could see it. it. I could see it potentially happening where it's just like they're all clicking because they're all, like you said, trying to develop. There's no egos. There's there's no face of the franchise just yet sort of thing. So they're all going to learn together. They're going to be able to be successful that way. So I could see that happening. But just for me, yeah, I think just 
the Packers, uh, the Packers just didn't get as good as the Lions got. There's a lot of hype around them. Like I said, I like the moves that the Bears did. The Vikings went 13 and four last year, so there's very much a good chance that they could replicate that record. Maybe one or two wins shy, but just they're the front runners right now in that division, so they're going to be strong too. So it's just like. Yeah, you look at the rest of the NFC, it's just like, I don't like their chances to beat that competitive. So I think for me, 100% locked to be in the top 10, top three, that's, it wouldn't surprise me, but just, you for, it's, it's you a little, it's me a little hard position. for me to say it now. You forced me there. You <laughs> forced me there. I'm but sorry. Anyway, but no, I mean, I'm right there with you. If they were in the AFC South or the NFC South, I'd be like, seven and a half wins? 100%. You can yeah. get there. But the fact that their division is just everybody else is getting better or staying the same because I don't I didn't love the Vikings offseason, but the Vikings didn't get substantially worse this offseason. So sure. like the again, the Lions and Bears got better. Vikings stayed the same. Packers tanked like a submarine going down. So again, that is the Vikings at under seven and a half wins at plus 100. Safest bet of all the records, in my opinion. So what's your final record prediction then? Because you're pretty much locking oh, up for a top three. So what are you going to say here? Four wins. Okay, so you're thinking four and thirteen. I think I think one upset, and then they'll you know, I I don't even think they'll be any of the teams they really should. Like I I, I I'm really expecting the Packers to be bad this year. Okay. Okay. I don't know honestly. I don't know if I'm touching a single Packer in fantasy this year. Maybe Christian Watson. You can talk me into Christian Watson. But Aaron Jones, I'm not touching him. No Aaron Jones. Okay. No AJ nope. Dillon. Okay. Oh God, no. You can't. But hence why I'm not touching either one because I think this it's this offense. I honestly believe is going to be a clusterfuck at least fantasy wise. All right. All right. Ooh, good to ooh, know. that that's a good fantasy segment for later. Players to stay away from. Oh yeah, no, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I feel like we I have a whole summer to get. I feel like I do this every episode. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we have a lot of time before we get heavy into our fantasy content for sure here. So let me get to my final team that I want to bring Let's up. It. it is the Carolina Panthers at seven okay. and a half wins at over under. So I'm gonna go with the over here. And surprisingly, Tad, odds are at minus one thirty five. So the betters are actually sort of siding All with right. the Panthers here to go and get over seven and a half wins. So last year they went seven and ten, Tad. There's a three-way tie in the NFC South last year at 7-10 and 10 between the Saints, the Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons. The Buccaneers won the division. Do you know what their record was when they won the division, Tad? See, now you're making me do math. 8-9? Uh, <laughs> is that the correct math? That is absolutely correct. They won the division at 8-9. <laughs> what's, the, what's the bigger upset? The Buccaneers winning the division at 8-9 or, or Tad being able to add 8-9 correctly together? Oh, 100% 8-9, Tad. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100% I will absolutely agree with that. Tad. I am in no way offended by that. Yeah. But let's get to the Panthers here because honestly, Tad – We've been talking a lot about them on the podcast, surprisingly, and I think a lot of the NFL media has been talking about them because they've been very active in the offseason. So obviously they get a new head coach of Frank uh, Frank Reich. Um, I actually I love their coaching staff. They got a lot of great experience on that coaching staff. That's sort of why I'm believing the Panthers are going to win seven and a half. Like Tad, I'm going to read off their coaching staff for you here. Please Thomas don't. Brown, OC, former running back of the Los Angeles Rams. Ejiro Evero, very underrated defensive coordinator. He was not the reason the Broncos sucked. It was the offense. Ejiro Evero was very good. He is their new DC. Uh, Deuce Staley, former great running back with the Eagles. He is an assistant head coach and the running backs coach. Josh McCown, quarterbacks coach. Not bad there. You got D'Angelo Hall, 
He has got a coaching position. He is assistant DB coach what? of the Carolina Panthers. What That's what I'm saying. I love his coaching staff. I love his coaching staff. Dom Capers, formerly of the Packers defense, the Houston Texans head coach, formerly. He is a senior defense assistant. And one of your guys, Tad, Jim Caldwell, is a senior assistant on that staff as well. I thought, so I thought, I thought you were going to say Frank Reich. I'm like, don't you dare call him that, bro. <laughs> Well, technically, he's one of your guys, too. No, but he's not. No, he's that's not. I, Jim I, Caldwell him specifically. Jim Caldwell specifically. So, honestly, there's a lot of great experience, especially with the young team. Uh, they made some great moves in free agency. We've talked about this many times. I'm just going to say it again here. They signed Adam Thielen at receiver, DJ Chark at receiver, Hayden Hurst at the tight end position is a good upgrade. Miles Sanders, one of my predictions, the only prediction I've ever gotten right in free agency. Very happy about that one. He is now a member of the Carolina Panthers. Their bell count there. Speaking of bells, Vaughn Bell is a member of their secondary there. Ah, and Bradley Bozeman, a really good upgrade on the interior of the offensive line to really stabilize that offensive line overall. So really good free agent signings. And then, obviously, they made that big move with the Chicago Bears. Trade up to the number one selection to select. Bryce Young to add to that team there to change the franchise, turn the page, hopefully, with this experience of the coaching staff, with the young promise that Bryce Young has. We'll see about his, you know, durability and his height and how that'll all play into factor there. But I think he's sort of got the tools to sort of make this franchise sort of take that leap and become a lot better compared to what they've had in the past. Um, but yeah, honestly, like I see that seven and a half tad and I think they can actually exceed that. I actually like them to sort of get nine wins. I like them to be a sort of contender in that division, depending on how things play. Maybe they'll get to double-digit wins because, Dad, like I said, they were at 7-10 and 10 last year with sort of the issues that Matt Rule, and then they had Steve Wilkes. Now, Tad, if you remember, Matt Rule was their head coach to start the season. He went 1-4, and four, and then he got fired. Then they bring in Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes went 6-6. Six and six. He was able to get more out of this team. They leaned on the running game a lot more. That was able to establish that. They played good defense. So I think now with this experienced coaching staff, I think they could play a very similar type of ball as Bryce Young sort of gets more acclimated in this offense. Eventually, they'll start to unleash him a little bit more. But yeah, Miles Sanders as the lead running back there, That's I love that. You got a really good young defense with Derrick Brown and – um. Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin and J.C. Horn. And obviously they signed Von Bell to bring some experience. So, I mean, like I said, Ejiro Evero has a lot to work with. He's one of my favorite defensive coordinators in the league. I think he's a really up-and-coming star in the league. I think he's going to make this defense very, very dangerous, especially, Tad, we say this almost every episode, I think. The NFC South is wide open. It's so, so it's bad. like you look at this it's team. It's so bad, dude. It is. It is. So it's like they have a good shot to be division winners if everything sort of plays the way that they want it to. Um, honestly, like I said, I like them getting at least nine wins. Um, we talked about the NFC South. I think it's very winnable games there. It's very curious to see how they're all going to play out because the Saints got a little bit better. The Falcons got a little bit better. The Buccaneers, I think, stayed about the same, maybe a little bit better as well. I think the, I, oh, I think the Buccaneers got worse. I, I think you could argue that for sure, but I think like everybody's sort of in that sort of like gray area where it's like, did they get better? Did they get worse? Yeah, I well, don't know. Well, look at the, the NFC South has been the goddamn gray area for the last decade. Like even with so, Tom Brady, even with Tom Brady, they're the gray area because he got fucking beat by New Orleans Saints by what fifty points? Like it's something just, like that. It's, I can't remember I just that. The division's yeah. so confusing, man. But yeah, so that's what I think. So it's like, you know, they could split with every single team in that division. They could get some sweeps. They can get swept. I really have no idea how it's going to go. But I think I like their chances to win more of those divisional games to be ahead as far as that, you know, head-to-head tiebreaker as far as winning games in your division. They face 
Unfortunately, Tad, they faced the AFC South. So they got some very winnable games there with the Titans and the Colts and the Texans. The Jaguars, I don't know, because if they play as much as well as they played last year, Jaguars will obviously be a very tough game. They probably won't win that game. And then they also play the NFC North, who we already brought up when we were talking about um, the Chargers, where it's like, you know, are the Packers going to be good? Jordan Love, question mark, obviously. The Detroit Lions, can you believe the hype? The Bears, did they get markedly better? You know, the Vikings, yeah, they stayed about the same. Maybe they got a little bit worse. I don't know. So there's a lot of question marks surrounding the opponents that they're playing, but I really like the experience that they have on the coaching staff. They got a lot of young players that I think are going to buy into a new system and willing to sort of make that change to become a better franchise. And like I said, I think I like their chances to exceed that seven and a half. So I got them going at least nine and eight, but I'm actually Tad. Now the more that I talked about it, I think they get double digits. I think they go ten and seven. Wow. I mean, honestly, I don't hate it because exactly like what you said is Carolina showed so much promise. I mean, let's go back to last November when Chris McCaffrey was traded, and you and I both were saying, "Well, Carolina's phoning it in." Yeah. They actually, I won't say got better. But they got more competitive. They yes. they 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 seem to be you know more in it after exactly. trading McCaffrey, exactly. which was weird. And it was and a little weird, weird, but yeah, it was good to and, see. And help me out here. So I I because I called this. I said Chuba Hubbard would be a legitimate uh fantasy option after McCaffrey was traded. Who was the other running back that blew up? I'm blanking on his name. Uh, right Deontay now. Foreman, and he is still with the team, so he's going to be a change of pace with Miles Sanders there. So I mean, he's staying in this. I mean, it's going to be a new system, so I mean, he will have to change right. the But really quick, Dad, I actually forgot about that. Deuce Daly is on the coaching staff. He was in Philadelphia when Miles Sanders was drafted there, and he found success there. So I bet you there's going to be a lot of continuity. He's going to be able to get a lot out of Miles Sanders being former co- being a former coach of his back in Philadelphia. So my entire point though being is they have a very, very dependable rotation of running backs there, which is the key to helping a good young quarterback, which Bryce Young is, is a good running game. So there's not too much um, uh, pressure on Bryce Young. And I think really when this offseason started, we all kind of hung back and been like, all right, Carolina's going to tank. And then like you said, they started signing all these veteran players and we're sitting there like, Okay, guess we're not gonna take. Like, <laughs> guess you go for it. Like, Very that's true. a choice. And it's just like, and but if you're gonna make that choice, goddamn, they did it pretty well. And they did it with Indeed. the best quarter. That was my concern with CJ Stroud. I know those rumors, and that was just draft rumors, obviously in hindsight. But that that was my concern with. Oh, they might take CJ Stroud. No, that's why you take Bryce Young. He was the most pro-ready quarterback. I, I don't think statistically he's going to kill it, but I think he's going to be the perfect rookie game manager in this offense. I actually love this pick. I could totally see Carolina. It's funny because I, I, I was disappointed when you showed me your pick. This is the rare case we actually knew each other's picks before the episode. Because every year of the past, I don't know, like 15 years in the NFL, there's been a first uh, worst to first division, you know, kind of switcheroo there. I, I was like, oh, Carolina is the you know, worst of first. And I was like, ah, shit, they weren't worst. It's like, damn it. Yeah. So unfortunately they're not there, no, but I technically they're worse no, Well, okay. They traded for the number one overall pick, but I mean, get right. Crazy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, cause remember everyone picked them to be worse and it was like, yeah. Oh shit. No Chicago. We're like, okay. Um, and that's why Carolina was like, yeah, no, we need to get back up there. Um, but while not worse the first, they I think we'll see a massive improvement. I think Carolina, if, if I'm a Panthers fan, I am absolutely ecstatic right now. Like you guys are absolutely heading the right direction. You should be thrilled. And uh, so remind me again, it was seven and a half. 
Correct. Seven and a half wins was the over under courtesy of our good friends at bet online. Like I said, I went with the over at minus 135. It's a, yeah, it's not a favorable number for you guys, but I still still think make a small enough bet. If you especially parlay it with like, let's say, you know, obviously we talked about the chargers and the Ravens and the, um, the last thing that we discussed that you had brought up there. The Packers. The Packers there. So it's like if you parlay that with some of the other teams that we decided, that it's like you make yourself a good amount of money there as the season ends there. I'm going to say 8-9 and nine for the, pa- uh, for eight the nine. Panthers. 8-9. Not terrible. Not terrible. A good, a good step in the right direction, especially with a first-year quarterback. I'll take that. No, for sure. Let me let me tell you. If the Colts go 8-9 with Anthony Richardson, I'm going to be fucking thrilled. Yeah, that that's that's a great improvement for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, sort of no, a great. I, I'm now. not I'm not quite as high on them as you, but I, I, fair, eight fair. nine. I say eight fair. nine for the Panthers. But yeah, okay. no, seven and a half. That's that's a great odd to take there. Exactly. So we're still early in the sort of off season here. So we'll get you all of our record predictions as the summer moves along, as we get closer to the beginning of the season. But yeah, we are hitting the summer months here and we appreciate everybody who tuned into today's episode, uh, giving you a preview of what's to come later on in the summer. Obviously when we give you our full record predictions, maybe not the episode, but definitely through graphics for sure. I mean, and the best way you can find out about everything that's happening with our uh, podcast here, whether it's, you know, episodes or videos or graphics is, you know, so you see it come along on the ticker right below. It's going to come your, down your right now. Your timing is always right impeccable with this. There. This is incredible. Um, you got us on Twitter. You got me at OverTheSide23. You got Tad at TadTheSide94. You got the show at TheDecideGuys. And, of course, we're on Instagram at TheDecideGuys. We finally got all of our draft grades out. So, I mean, yeah, make sure you check it out. All of our social media handles for lots of great graphics in case we can't get to everything in a very jam-packed episode for sure that we always have planned for you guys. Um. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you listen right on the LEFB Network website. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our episodes as far as listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you're subscribing to LEFB Network's YouTube channel. They got a lot of great content for you guys when it's covering the Chargers and the Rams at the professional level. And of course, you got the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level because, yeah, there's a lot of great content that's going to be coming this season. You know, who are we looking at the depth charts? Are we looking at, you know, position? Position battles, obviously, you know, schedule release, obviously just, you know, how they think about the win win predictions and things like that. So make sure you're checking them out. Lots of great content there. Check out the website. Lots of great articles from them as well as us. I'm pretty sure we're going to be sprinkling some articles during the summer as well. Uh, but, guys, to everybody who's listening, who's watching, who's reading, who's interacting with us on social media, I mean, guys, we really can't thank you enough. And like Amir said, we are heading into the summer months, which means we have so much more freedom content-wise. So if there's content you want to hear, you let us know. I'm not going to promise we're going to put it on the air, but I promise we will at least consider it. So hit us up with those ideas like Amir said right there at the Decide Guys on Instagram, at TadDecide94 on uh, Twitter, at EmirDecide23 on Twitter. Hit any of us up on any of those platforms. Again, I promise you we will see it. We will talk about it because God knows we we have a lot of time to talk about a lot of topics going into June. So thank you guys so much as always for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, everyone, please especially enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Stay safe, everyone.